Sometimes what we do is we take uh, parables like this and we make these the doctrine that we live by. And so when we see what God is or what Jesus is talking about, he's talking about a, a king or a master of, of people that sounds a little bit like mean. Just me? Or he sounds a little angry, right? Like a little like short with his servants. Although he's merciful and, and he forgives that servant, just the nature of how things are happening, it sounds like uh, this, this king is hard to deal with, right? Like if you owe him, like you better pay him or else you're going to jail, right? So I could, I, we could preach that tonight. But if we look at some things from just the whole scope of the Bible, from God's heart, we can see that God, uh, his intention was not for us to preach a message like that because it totally goes against the gospel. Okay, we understand what the gospel is. Amen. The good news that Jesus, he what forgave all of your sins and now you're saved by grace. Amen. All right. So if, if we put it against the gospel, this parable, it, it wouldn't fit in there too much like like that so we got to look at it in context does that make sense so far okay so so anytime that jesus said uh uh the kingdom of heaven is like right the kingdom of heaven is like he was trying to describe a certain uh value that 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 god you know holds as important we all have values we all have things that, that we think are important. For example, some of you may think that family is really important and you value family. Amen? So you, you, you like to, to honor your, your, your family. You like to spend time with your family. You just think that family is very important and you value it. And that's a good virtue. It's a good value to have. But I think for us, it's important also to understand that there are some values and some things that, that God thinks are important. And so when, when Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like, he was about to teach a certain core value that belongs to the culture of heaven. Does that make sense? So there's a culture that we belong to. So we all belong to the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. Amen. So there's a certain culture that goes with that kingdom. And there's certain values that go with that culture. Amen. And this is one of those values. It's very important that we learn it, but it's also very important that we understand that we are in a culture that's different from the world. Sometimes, you know, we're so influenced by what's going on around us, what's going on in the news, what's going on at work, what's going on in life. You know, life can hit you different ways that all of a sudden we are reacting like the world does based on the culture that is set in society. But I think what God wants is for us to walk, talk, and think like the culture of the kingdom, which is a totally different culture. And it takes time, and it's a process. And I feel like we're, we're barely scratching surfaces with this thing, because some of us grew up in church. Some of us have been so stuck in religion, and, and we think certain ways, and, and things should happen certain ways, and there's a manual, and, and there's a step-by-step -step program that we should have, but it's not like that in the culture of heaven is a little different. In the kingdom culture, things just don't make the sense that they do in our human thinking. Sometimes they're kind of the opposite of that, amen? So any human culture... 
you know, the cultures that exist here on earth has been brought by, let's say, like a group of people. A group of people get together, they move to a certain place on earth, and they start to build a community. They, they start to build a community just like the settlers came here to the United States. They came here and they started to build a community. And then they started to, to think about what was important to them, what they valued and what their culture would be like. So they got the, the, the Declaration of Independence and, 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 and the amendments and all that stuff, right? And they put it together and they thought, this is our culture. Does that make sense? They initiated culture. They started something. They designed it. They didn't understand what was going to happen 200 years later now, which what they, what, what they actually brought has kind of changed and evolved a little, which is kind of crazy now. But I, what, I, what I'm trying to say is that the culture of the kingdom has been initiated by God. God is the initiator of that kingdom, of that culture, and Jesus came to bring it onto earth so that we can see an example. So he stops his disciples so many times and he says, the kingdom of heaven is like... Now, it's interesting. He doesn't say in, in these instances, he doesn't say my father is like what he doesn't say what my father thinks it's important is this or 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 we think that we should do things like this. He says the kingdom of heaven is like meaning that there's a culture that there's attributes and values that are already placed within the culture that God initiated. That he started, that he built, amen? Are you with me so far? All right. So, thank you. So in this, Jesus wants us to understand there's a culture that we belong to. And it's not, and it's not the, you know, like, I was thinking uh, as I meditated in this, Sometimes we, we come to Christ at a later age, right? We, we, we come to Christ maybe in our 20s. Some of you, praise the Lord, you know, I was, you know, I, I really, I came to Christ like at 14-ish, 12, I don't remember. But, you know, when I really came to Christ, I was 24. Amen? So, fairly young, but still, I, I had already learned some things from the world. So I had these like just thoughts, just the way my mind works. I was used to certain things working a certain way. And I had to learn, well, I have to learn to undo some of that thinking to live in the culture of the kingdom. For example, sometimes I still say this. It's not good. I'm embarrassed. Sometimes I say, that I'm a pessimist, right? If you don't know what that is, that's when you look at things in a usually a negative way, okay? Now, it's good that we recognize that, right? But what are we doing to change it? Because every, like, situation, just a little thing I heard or, or something that happened, it, the world is coming to an end, everything's over, I'm getting fired, that's it, like, you know, I have cancer, it's just really bad, right? Am I the only one? Maybe I'm just the only one. Praise the Lord. But God wants us to think like how he thinks. He wants us to be in the culture of the kingdom. 
And man, when we look at the kingdom, we see nothing but but abundance. We see nothing but power. We see authority. We see grace. We see mercy. We see all these amazing things. But our mind is just, we're not there yet. Amen? So we must break this stuff. We must like, you know, uh, some of, so I was going to say some of us, some of you work out very often, right? You guys exercise every day and you're very determined. Amen. All right. And that takes discipline. It takes obedience. It takes discipline. But you go and you do it. And no matter, and if you miss it, you don't feel good about it, right? You're like, man, like I've missed. I'm, you know, it's right. Amen. <laughs> if we had that same attention to, to the culture of the kingdom, that same attention, no more amens, huh? Just kidding. If we had that, that same attention to, to how we think and how we react and how we respond, uh, yeah, we would see a lot of different things in our life change. And that's what God wants. Like, you've stepped into salvation. God says, you're saved, you're in the kingdom, you're here. But why does the Bible say that we need to have our minds transformed? Because of just the way that we think. Amen? So, culture has values, it has ideals, it has ethics, it has language, it has methods, things, how you do things. It has perspective. Let me give you the definition of culture. The set of shared attitudes, values, goals, and practices that characterizes an institution or organization. Amen? Like when you look at an organization, you know what that culture is like. They have, you know, they have the same values. They have the same, uh, they, they have the same goals. They have the, the same shared attitudes. Like a corporate culture is focused on the bottom line. They're, they're focused on profit. We got to make money. That's what they're focused on. That's their culture. That's their goal. That that's their perspective. When you go to work, that's all they talk about. You know, like we got to make this money. We got to sell these things and we got to sell more of them because that's, that's their culture. That's how they talk. And that's it. Right. And then they go home and they're, you know, something else. And then they come back the next day and it's like the same culture again. Like we got to make money. We got to sell things. We got to make profit. And that's their culture. But it's every day. Every single day. It's their life. You know, anybody that they make their career, their life. Right. Like that's their life. And I mean, their life, like no God, no nothing. Right. But but they become something else. I remember when I was a salesperson, and I was really good until I, I got tired of it, and then I was really bad. But when I was really, when I, when I liked it in the beginning and sort of in the middle, I was really good at lying to people, at manipulating. Be careful with those salespeople, man, right? All right. What God wants for us is to realize that we belong to a different culture. We need to identify that culture. 
We need language to that culture. And then we need to apply it and practice that culture. And then our mind is going to start to change. And then we're going to, like, we want to see dreams fulfilled and we want to see things happen in our life. But, you know, like, like, like Carlos was saying last week, like the results, man, those are, you, you know, like if you focus on that, it's going to be difficult. Focus on just the values that God has in this culture. Just the core values. He finds, for example, the one we just read, he finds that forgiveness is utterly important. Like that's a, a value that God has. He thinks forgiveness is uber important. He thinks it's so important. You know, I was, I was meditating on that. It, his values are like pillars in heaven. They, they hold heaven together. Like God, when he was building kingdom, he said, we need forgiveness. Put it up. We need, we need, we need, uh, we, we need, we need value. We need, we need ideals that hold the kingdom up. So when we don't, when we don't live in those values, we're living a little bit away from the culture that we belong to. You know, like when people are Hispanic and they don't speak Spanish and some people get mad at that. Right? Like, like some people, they're like, hey, you know, like, Okay, this happened to me when I was selling phones. This is a great example. I worked at, at Stonewood Mall, which is in Downing. You guys know where that's at? I live there. Praise the Lord. It's a blessed city. So I used to sell phones. And in Stonewood Mall, there's both Hispanics that speak English, prefer English, and Hispanics that speak Spanish. And sometimes you can't tell. So I would greet some customers in English And they wouldn't understand me, and, I, and I'd have to switch to Spanish. Those guys were cool. But when I talked to someone in Spanish, and they were English speakers, some of them would get mad. Like, no, I'm not, like, basically, I don't, that's not my culture. Like, I don't belong to that. And, you know, for us, we have to know what we belong to. And we have to be okay with it. That we belong to the kingdom culture. And sometimes you're going to feel like an outcast because you're the only one thinking like that. Like you look at the news, you look at arguments, you look at political debates, and you're like, no one gets it. No one gets it. And you're like, what? But that's why God has called you to understand culture so you can take this culture to that culture. If you want change or transformation in your life, you might need to make some cultural adjustments. Because culture shapes what you believe. It really does. It really, really does. Culture shapes what you believe about God, what you believe about yourself, about life, about others. Culture shapes what you believe. Amen? All right, so let's go to Romans 12. And I want to show you what God means by changing culture. So this time I'm going to read the NLT version. So go to Romans 12, verse 2. And while you do that, I'm going to get some water. That is some good water. Amen? Romans 12, verse 2. 
I'll read the NLT because I just love what it says. It just goes, the Holy Spirit just like, here. Are you there? All right. It says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Amen? Man, that's amazing. So first of all, it says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Don't copy the culture of this world. There's just no need. It's, it's a, it, it's a, how do I say this nicely? It's, it's a lower culture than the culture that you belong to. It's so low compared to what you belong to. Like you, you're, you're royalty, right? And you're, and you're in the kingdom and you're a child of God. And if you put yourself in the, in the culture of this world, you're lowering yourself. And I don't mean that boastfully and I don't mean that like, like with conceit. I, I mean that because with confidence that God has done that. Not you, obviously, not me, but God has placed us in this kingdom. So first of all, it says, don't copy, don't be copies. Don't copy what the, what, what, how earth and the, and the world reacts to things. Like when there's like, you know, when the blood moon, right? You guys hear all the prophecies about the blood moon and the world. And they get you sometimes. You start thinking like, yo, like the blood moon. Did you see that? The Pope came. And the, I, I messaged people. And, and I was like, hey, the blood moon's today. The Pope came to Congress today. What's up with that? And people would message me like, I know, right? Fear. Does Does... Does the kingdom culture value fear? Maybe honor and respect for the Lord, that kind of fear, but fear like terror? Does, does the kingdom, does, should the, the kingdom children be fearful? No. But, but why do, you know, uh, why, why do prophets of God put, like use fear that way? Because, you know, what God told me is like, you can perform miracles, give prophecy, uh, uh, give words of knowledge. You can heal people and still not be in kingdom culture. And I think what God wants more than anything is for you to know who you are, for you to know what culture you belong to, for you to know that you're part of this kingdom and that you can actually change nations. Is that too big? Too too big of a dream? So it says, don't copy the, the behavior and customs of this world. Don't copy the culture of this world. But let God transform you. That word transform there is the same word for transfigure when Jesus changes and he, he shows his glory to his disciples. You remember that story? He shows his, it's the same word. It's called, it's metamorpho, which is where we get metamorphosis from. It's the same word. So God is saying, hey, you will be transfigured. How? By changing the way that you think. Man, that's powerful. Like, think about the way that you think. 
<laughs> think like, like I, I've, I've said this example, but just think like if we could see your thoughts on the screen right now or, or, or your thoughts for the whole day today and just start like, well, oh, look at Jesse's thoughts. Let's see what he thought in the morning while he's driving at work, right when he got into work late. Just kidding. And, and right, you know, all of those things. What if, you know, we saw our thoughts like that. And God is saying, man, I can help you change the way that you think. Because it's not your effort. This is still based on grace, by the way. This is still based on grace. God does this. The Holy Spirit does this. And we'll read it. But change the way that you think. He wants you to transform. Like on this earth, here. Not when you get to heaven for what? When you get to heaven... Hang out. You're going to just be resting, worshiping, loving. You know, you can make chairs and tables if you want. You can do whatever, arts. You can play music. You can do whatever, everything. But by then, you'll be already in a new body. You'll be transformed, like physically transformed. What God wants for you here on earth is to be transformed by the way that you think. And you belong to this culture and the kingdom. You would walk around looking at things in a different way. I don't know if you've ever had those experiences where you're just looking around and you're like, none of this makes sense at all. The only thing that makes sense is you, God. Then what is the next thing says after you change the way that you think? Then you will learn to know God's will for you. How many Christians, how many believers, how many children of God are walking around asking the Lord, Lord, I just want to know your will. What's your will for my life, God? Is that is me? We've all had that prayer. Amen. Lord, what is your will? Please. What's your will, God? Just come on, please. Am I in your will right now? Am I out of your will right now? Okay, let me tell you this. You're in his will, but he wants you to know it, which is different. You're in his will right now. Like, you'll never be out of his will. But he wants you to know his will, which is amazing. Wow. <laughs> I see some of you smiling, at least. I'm, I'm happy. Like, God was like, I want you to know my will for your life. Not just... Believe, Lord, I believe I'm in your will. And that's good. That's amazing. But the next step is, hey, I want you to know it. I want you to know that I got something ahead. I'm preparing you right now. That job's going to be yours. That raise is going to be yours. Amen? That victory will be yours. That wedding will be yours. Those children will be yours. He wants you to know his will. You will learn to know God's will for you. Which is what, and this is the other funny part. It's always good, pleasing, and perfect for your life. I know sometimes it doesn't feel like it. And you know why? You want to know why? Because of the way that we think. Step one. You're like, it doesn't feel very... uh very good and pleasing and perfect right now, God. Your will doesn't really feel that way right now. It, it mo- mostly it feels like bad and, and displeasing and, and sort of like imperfect, to be honest with you. That's what your will feels like right now, right? 
Maybe just me again. God wants you to know that it's not the circumstance. It's the way that you look at it. It's how you think. How you think. You got to think within kingdom culture. Like most of us here, I believe, I think, anyway, we understand forgiveness. Like that's, that's kind of an easy one for us, right? I, I hope, anyway. Maybe I'm, just, I'm talking for myself, to be honest. That one's a, a, a pretty, uh, God has given me grace for that one for me. Like I recognize when I need to forgive someone. Like I know when I, I need to go into, into privacy and say, Lord, I forgive that person, you know, they don't have to ask me for forgiveness. If they do, glory to God. If they don't, they're forgiven. Right? But that's a, that's a value. And some people, believers in Christ, live with unforgiveness. Can you believe that? That's, that's what? You can't live with, with unforgiveness in, 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 the, in the country of forgiveness. You live in the country of forgiveness and you're walking around with unforgiveness. Like, and you have to, in order to be a citizen of the country of forgiveness, you have to be forgiven. And then you don't forgive. Like, it doesn't, you guys understand what I'm saying? That's a value from God. But there's others. There's, there's other values, for example, like, like faith. Jesus talked about faith in parables, too, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. You remember that? That's another value. Believing and trusting God. All right. Then you will learn to know God's will, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. God, how are you today? I'm always good. That's what he said. I'm always good. Then you will walk more in God's will when your thinking changes. This is what Jesus is doing with the disciples here. You know, that parable we just read. And it's what the Holy Spirit wants to do with us. You know, I was reading about parables. I've been reading about parables because I'm, I'm deeply interested in why, why, how, you know, everything about these parables that Jesus would just speak. And I read a verse in Luke, in Luke, and uh he said, they asked him, why do you speak in parables? And he said, um, you know, it's for those that, that, that hear, may not hear. For those that hear, they may not hear. And for those that uh, understand, may not understand. What? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm speaking in parables because those that hear, I don't want them to hear. And those that understand, I don't want them to understand. What in the world? Okay, Jesus knew the intentions of every heart that approached him. And the heart that intended to learn, they heard the parable. <gasps> what is he saying? I want to know. I want to know more about that. And the people that didn't really intend to get close to him heard the parable and were like, ah, I don't like him anyway. But since Jesus knew their heart, he would speak in parables to weed out the tares. All right, that's too much. All right. We are conditioned by this world 
to believe certain things. Man, like everything. Movie, you know, everything. Like Cynthia has like ruined movies for me. Because she went to school for that stuff and they taught her about movies and how they, you know, everything's put together. Now, some movies, there's exceptions where they do things differently. But every movie has like act one, act two, and act three. And the same things happen in act one in every movie. The same things happen in act two in every movie. And the same things happen in act three in every movie. Like like the foundation of those concepts. Not... Not like every movie is the same, but the foundations of it. You guys get what I'm saying? And so when you're watching a movie, I don't know I'm talking about movies right now, but when you're watching a movie, you're, you're like conditioned to think that that's how the world is. And then you expect, you expect life to be that way. It's not. Because we're conditioned. We start to, to copy behavior. And customs of this world. Amen? Uh, The way to change how you think is by adopting the kingdom culture. Just just say, you know, we'll pray today, but just say, Holy Spirit, you know, I just want to be in your culture. I want to know what you value, what you hold important. Not with this world. Let's go to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. You know, when you have a Second Corinthians chapter 3. I'm in the NLT still for this one. If you have that ability. Second of Corinthians chapter 3. Amen? Uh, oh, yeah, verse 18. Amen? <laughs> it says... So all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. Wow. Let's read it again. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord is the Spirit. Make us, he makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. So, I just want to kind of parallel this. So, Jesus is walking with His disciples. And He's saying, they ask Him, uh, Peter will ask Him, how many times should I forgive, you know, someone? And, and Peter's like kind of being funny with the Lord, like, you know, like two, three times, I'm, you know, I'm adding to it, but that's basically what he was saying. Like, what's the limit, you know, because there's got to be a limit, Lord, you know, like it can't be like a, a million times. Like how many times do I forgive this person? And then so Jesus is, is teaching values again of the culture of the kingdom. So he'll start to talk and talk about forgiveness and, you know, seven times 70 and you got to forgive and, and, and this. And then he comes with the parable and he says, you know, there was a king and, and the servant, he owed him money and, and he forgave him. It was a lot of money. You know, it, it would be like equivalent of like a million dollars. And then that servant, some, another servant owed him like a hundred dollars and he didn't forgive him and we got to value forgiveness. And so he's teaching them culture of the kingdom. The Holy Spirit 
is doing the same thing with us today. He's teaching us the culture of the kingdom, how we should think, how we should live, you know, so that we may be transformed and know and learn the will of God. He's, that's what this second of Corinthians says. It says, so all of you had the veil removed. You can see now that and reflect the glory of the Lord and the Lord who is the spirit makes us more and more like him as we are changed. And believe it or not, that same word, transform, that same word, transfigured, is the same word here, change, as we are changed into his glorious image. That's what God wants for us. He doesn't want us to think and react Based on our circumstance, based on what the world is happening. So Jesus is teaching his disciples kingdom principles. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is teaching us today. That's why intimacy, we say this so many times. Intimacy intimacy is so important. Relationship with God is so important. Because there, the Holy Spirit, your friend, is going to teach you about the culture that you already belong to. You belong to that culture already. And he wants you to know that he, he values these things. So I would ask, you know, what are your values? What, what do you value? What, what, is, what are your ideals? What are, what are your principles? They should be kingdom principles. Like, like when Kevin spoke about, about tithing, a kingdom principle. Not one day I'm going to hit the lottery, right? Although, you know, some of us play. Just to keep it real. But we, we got to adopt those principles, those values that God, God thinks they're important. So just to wrap it up, let's go back to Matthew and look at this core value that Jesus is talking about. That's part of this culture that we're talking about. That's Matthew 18. We'll finish with this. Let's start... Yeah, verse 23, let's just start from the beginning. It says, are you there? It says, uh, therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all of all of uh, that he had, and that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him, listen to this, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Then the master of the servant was moved with compassion and released him and forgave him the debt. That has happened to us already. God has forgiven us of our debt. Okay? You didn't have to pay for the debt. Jesus paid for the debt for you. So you have been forgiven now, okay? So forgiveness is an important core value of this culture. You stand on forgiveness. You, you, it's part of who you are. So then it says, But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, which is way less, and he laid hands on him not to pray. That would have been nice. But he laid hands on him and took him by the throat saying, 
Pay me what you owe. Completely out of culture. Completely out of character. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him saying, have patience with me and I will pay you all. And he would not. But went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. Powerful. So my heavenly father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Look, Jesus is not saying that God won't forgive you. Because God gives us more than one chance, amen? He, he forgives us all the time. And this, in this story, in this picture that Jesus is painting, the master forgives him only once, right? And then the second time, he, he basically cast him out, doesn't listen to him. Now, again, when we compare this story to the gospel, God has forgiven us already. And he will continue to forgive us when we mess up. But what he wants us to understand through this parable is how important it is for God to forgive. He wants you to understand the urgency and the importance of what he holds as forgiveness. He, he treasures forgiveness. Do you understand? He's zealous for forgiveness. Because it's part of his culture. It's part of the kingdom culture. He values this. This is a value that we have. That we would be able to forgive. Have you ever seen when, for example, that shooting that happened down south in, in, in the United States, I forgot exactly where, where that kid went to a church and he shot a few people. You guys remember that? Like seven people actually? Did you hear how these brothers and sisters in Christ when confronting the killer, forgave him. And have you ever heard someone that's not in the kingdom culture hate the killer and the murderer and be bitter? Man, when I saw that on the, on the local news, and I'm sure it was in the, in the nationwide news as well, when I saw that, I said, wow, Lord. Even though this is an ugly situation, like nobody wants to go through that. But you are using, you are using your children to show the culture that we believe in. To show the kingdom that we belong to. They're forgiving this murderer in front of the entire world. And God sees that as valuable. So again, I would ask, what, what do you value? Like, what are your values? What are your principles and your ideals? They should be 
from the kingdom. Read the parables. Every parable, the, uh, he would say, the kingdom of heaven is like, expect a value, expect a core value. Read it. it, it there's a lot in Matthew uh, 12, you know, it, all, of, all of 11, 12, 13, all of those. The, uh, the, the kingdom of heaven is like blank core value. Amen? Jesus says that my heavenly father will do the same to you if you don't forgive. In other words, man, my father is like, he's the king of forgiveness. And if you want to reign with him, you got to be also royalty and kings of forgiveness with him. You got to be able to just, you know, I heard, a, a, I went out with some pastors, this, yeah, this week, whatever. And and I and they were telling talking about how some people in church they were forgiving each other's grudges, and I thought, dang, people in church have grudges against each other. I was like, man, I don't want that. Like, like, come on. Like, we're believers in Jesus. He forgave us, and we're holding grudges. That's not forgiveness. See, this is why the message of grace is so important in our lives. What grace does, it brings us straight to the throne, to the throne of grace. Jesus says, come, straight to the throne of grace. You're able to, from the throne of grace, have position and view the entire kingdom. And then you start to see all the values and the core values and the culture that belongs to this kingdom. What happens to culture, it's it becomes like an entity on its own. Not that it's separate from God, but it's just, it's just on its own as well. It, like it functions on its own. Although the source and the initiator and the designer is God, it just begins to function on its own. Because these values, they're not like writings on a wall. They're alive. So, <laughs> in Romans, it says that you would know God's will for your life, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. Okay? When you know the culture, when you start to understand the culture, you start to adopt the culture of the kingdom, he starts to transform your mind, you will know and learn God's will for your life. In what? In family, you want to know God's will for your family? It's, it's, it's there. You'll, you'll know it when your mind starts to transform. And you'll see that it's good. You'll see that it's pleasing and that it's perfect. And you will worship him. It may not physically with your human eyes look promising, right? But when you begin to change the way that you think, man, you're going to have the outlook and the perspective from God. And that's easier said than done, to be honest with you, but I, I, it's possible. And I, I want that. You want that? I want that. So you will know it. And so as we take, I believe, this year, this journey that, that we will be on of community, we're going to learn the core values of God, and those core values will be ours. 
The Holy Spirit will, will take us to learn and understand those core values, that, that culture that we belong to, and we will actually be activated in that culture. We will understand it and know it and, and believe like that and, 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 and have faith that way because we know where we belong to. We belong to this kingdom culture. Amen? Let's pray. Let's. Why don't you close your eyes for just a few moments? We read in Corinthians, just listen to my voice as you close your eyes. We read in Corinthians that the Holy Spirit is the Lord. And that he wants to change and make us more into his image, image of Jesus. Kingdom culture is what he wants to lead you to. To value the things that God values. So just ask. Ask yourself. Lord. You know if there's any values that are not kingdom. Show me Lord. And help me. Help me. Spirit of God. Help me. Help me to learn what you value. To know your will for my life. Which is pleasing. It's good and it's perfect. Change the way that I think, Lord, about things. I want to think about them from your perspective. From a kingdom culture perspective, God. The kingdom of heaven is like. The kingdom of heaven is like. I want you to see yourself right now with your eyes closed in the kingdom of heaven. Just begin to just meditate and just let the Holy Spirit show you that you are in the kingdom. you see yourself in that kingdom just begin to notice that there's values there's ideals that God holds as importance and he wants you to carry his torch here on earth burning with passion for what he thinks is valuable just like what we read today about forgiveness. He holds that to be very important. He thinks these things are important. And I want my children to know them. He wants you to know them. Why? So that you can function out of them. He'll lead you. He'll guide you. It's all through grace. Focus on his goodness. Focus and be aware that you are in a kingdom. And that kingdom is not, cannot be shaken. It cannot be broken.
Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you, Lord, Holy Spirit, I ask you to guide us, Lord, to help us, Lord, be transformed by the renewing of our mind, Lord. Just as you were speaking to your disciples, Lord, and they were learning and being transformed in their minds, God. Let us be, Lord, transfigured. Let us be transformed. Let us be changed more and more into your image, God. Because we represent you here on earth, Lord. And what you hold as valuable, what you hold as important, God, we want to hold it as well. Why don't you get up on your feet, brothers and sisters? Let's go ahead and lift our hands and just worship God for just a few moments.